putting away any of these books up here because they're going to need them in a little while. We're, uh, they're going to sing a song for us that um, we haven't sung in this church in a long time. And so for the closing today, and so I just praise God. Anyway, um, 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3. Um, this is really good stuff. My message is entitled, Repentance. It does the body good. <laughs> Repentance, it does the body good. My subtitle there is, God's grace works through repentance. Oh, pastor, our grace is so cheap, we don't need to go ahead and repent ever. I don't know why people want to believe in cheap grace today because it wasn't bought cheaply. Hello? Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross so that we could have God's grace. Tell me that was cheap. That was not cheap. That was very expensive. God's grace, we do not deserve it ever. And to go ahead and cheapen God's grace to say we can do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want to do it, is cheapening the grace of God. Amen? Come on. Can't believe that I didn't get a better amen than that. Think about it. I know this is not a popular subject today. People rather not hear about that they have to repent. But listen to, before we get into Second uh, Peter here, listen to what 1 John 1, 9, 9 says. If we confess, this is talking to us Christians here, little children, as John would call us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all all unrighteousness. Now let me ask you a question. Do you always go to the correct sites on your computer? Do you always play the right games on your Xbox? Come on. Do you always do what you're supposed to do? Do you pray every day as you should? Do you read your Bible as you should every day? Do you go ahead and witness to others every day? Do you go ahead and never, never have a bad thought in your head? Do you ever, never get upset with the telemarketer who calls you on the phone right at dinner time? Do you never get upset with your boss? Oh, so then, if we all have the same problems, that means we need to repent of them. Amen? He is having a struggle today. But Jesus gives us good news here, the Holy Spirit says, if we confess our sins. It is He who is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let's go to our text today. 
I just want you to keep that in mind as we go through our text today. Our text comes from 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 9. And let's listen to what it says. The Lord is not slack. I like this. The Lord is not slack. Come on. Some of us think the Lord is pretty slack. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some count slackness. But as long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. Oh Lord, I just thank you for your word today. I feel like we need to stop right here and pray. There's so many distractions. And I'm not talking about the person sitting next to us or around us. I'm talking about in our own heads. Lord, help us to hear from your Holy Spirit today. Help us, Lord, to move in your anointing today. Give us, anoint our ears to hear from you, Lord. Anoint the words that I would preach today, Lord. Let it find good soil in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Help us to carry this, Lord Jesus. Help us not to be tuned out because of the subject matter. But help us to truly hear you today, Lord. For, Lord, your grace is not cheap. And repentance is a good thing. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for your touch and your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We need to pray more for the unction of the Holy Ghost, too. Jason was speaking the second time, and I kept on saying, Lord, let the power fall. Let your power of the Holy Ghost fall. We need to stop acting like that. We can't do things anymore. As I'm going to be preaching in a couple of weeks about the baptism in the Holy Ghost because it's going to be Pentecost Sunday, I'm going to show you there that when the Holy Spirit empowered you, gave you when you got filled with the Holy Ghost and gave you power, he gave you the power of I can. We Christians need to get the, the, out of our vocabulary, I can't. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Come on, better amens than this, otherwise I'm going to preach all day. You give me better amens than that, boy, oh boy, I'll preach fast today. Did I hear an amen? <laughs> the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you a secret like Doris would. <laughs> the Lord is never slow in keeping his promises. Hello? And, and, and I am so glad that he is patient with us. Verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away and a, with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in them will be burnt up. 
Now that talks about the Lord coming as a thief in the night, but the rest of the time he's very patient with us. What, what you're going to see is that the Lord, what you're going to see You know, when it talks about the Lord coming as a thief in the night, that means he's coming pretty quick. He comes when you don't expect him to. How's he going to catch his living? Sometimes we're so stiff-necked and so stubborn that we think that we can control it all and we need to go ahead and say, Lord, I surrender to you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to accept what you have to say and I'm going to start living for you. And I'm so glad the Lord is not slack in his keeping his promises. I'm glad that the Lord is patient with us because he doesn't want anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. But when we look at that, that means we have to choose to do what the Lord would have us to do. We have to choose to listen to the Lord. We have to choose to be obedient to God. But the first thing we have to choose is to get saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to eternal life. Right? That's what we have to choose. But I heard somebody says, oh, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. Where do you find that in the Bible? Where does it say anywhere in the Bible, I don't have to go to church? When he says, don't neglect your, the gathering of yourselves together as the church. Where does it say, oh, I don't have to pray when the early church prayed daily together? Where does it say, I don't need to study the word of God. The Lord will just put it in me in osmosis. Oh, what? You know, the, the reason why we have so many people going around by feelings today is because they've never were, read the word of God. Amen. The Bible says in the end days there will be a famine in the land. And not just a famine of food, there will be a famine of the word where people would not know the word of God. And that's why, we're always, that's why we strive to teach the word of God in our church. We will continue doing that. Because there's a day that's coming that will be too late. Because the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. It will come quickly. Make sure your heart is right with the Lord now. Because there's a day that it'll be too late. When the Lord comes. Do you remember the, the, the virgins? The five wise and the five foolish? What happened when, when the foolish ones showed up at the door too late? Sorry, I don't know who you are. You can't come in here. If you were part of the wedding party, you would have been ready. Isn't that what it's really saying there? And doesn't it say that the, the master, after, word, after that, the next parable, he talks about the master coming suddenly when they didn't expect it to happen? 
Oh, I'm leaving Jason in charge. I'm going to go on a long trip. I'm leaving Jason in charge. I'm going to go away for a while. And on this long trip, I'm going to be over there and over there and over there. Jason's in charge while I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Jason's doing a real good job. He's going, oh, this is not so bad. I can handle this. Yeah, I'm in charge. Yeah. And then it gets longer and longer. When's he coming back? Oh, it doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon now. And so Jason starts whipping you and beating on you. Because, oh, I'm in charge here. You do it. I say, whack, 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 whack. <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> and all of a sudden, the master shows up. Well, I didn't think you were coming this soon. <laughs> well, you should have been prepared for me at any time, at any moment. Right. <laughs> and that talks about not abusing our power, too. Amen. What manner of person should we be? Verse 11 says, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Wow. What kind of person? We see here the importance of holiness and godly conduct, do we not? Oh, that's not a popular thing to talk about, pastor, is holiness. Well, you know what? We better get back to holiness. We better get back to godly conduct. We better start leading by example to those around us instead of letting them lead us around by their conduct. We need to start going ahead and standing up for the Lord and saying no. But you know what? Let me tell you something. Living in holiness will cause you to be more sanctified. And the only way you can get, live in holiness is from God the Father. He is the one who makes it possible for us to live holy lives. He is the one who made it possible for us to be more sanctified. And it's done through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we put our trust in that, not in ourselves. We can't make ourselves any more holy than we are. Who's the one who can cleanse us? Who's the one who can change us? Who's the one who made you a new creature in Christ? Who, who's the one who made you the new man and the new woman? Who's the one who feeds your spirit? It's only God. We can't do it in our own strength, in our own might, or in our own will. And so we need to be reliant upon him. And, he, and Peter asks here, what manner of person ought you to be in holy Conduct and godliness. We need to live as though the rapture will happen at any moment. Oh, I know there's a great debate going on in the church right now. The rapture's going to happen pre-trip. The rapture's going to happen mid-trip. And people are fighting over it. Ah, they get so... You know what I find... It's the pre-trippers get more upset about it than the mid-trippers. Oh, yeah. You know what the Bible says? Live every day as though the rapture is going to happen today. Not as though it's going to happen mid-trip or pre-trip. No, live as though the rapture is going to happen the next second. What kind of... Uh, Pastor, how can you say that? It's very simple. I had to bring it up, so I got to go there. Uh, don't worry about it. It's, don't worry about trying to find it. Um, 
Oh, let me see, where is it? Oh, I can't find it real quick here. It's in Titus. But Titus, he, Paul says to Titus, have them these peculiar people. Have these peculiar people be ready. How is the Lord going to find you? Looking, oh, here it is. That's what I thought. Chapter, chapter 2 of Titus. For the great, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from the very, every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. But I want you to notice there, it is Jesus who does the work in us. It's Jesus who does the work in us, not our own legalistic way of doing things. If we would rely on Jesus, we would find that we would be okay. If we would rely on Jesus to, to work out our salvation in us, we would find out that we are closer to him. But he says that it comes through repentance. It comes through taking responsibility for self and letting the Lord do his work in us. That's why we should be so quick to repent because the rapture could happen any time. We do so out of love for the Lord. Because Paul gives us the idea there in, in Titus chapter 2 that he's going to come any time. How's he going to find us? Not because he's going to... And we, we do so out of love. We, we repent and we live for the Lord out of love. Not because he's going to cleanse the earth by melting it and recreating it. But he, because he's going to keep his promise of a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Aren't you looking forward to that? Aren't you tired of this old world? My wife once in a while looks at me when we've watched the news and says, oh, can't the Lord come today, right now? This is, oh, this is so terrible to listen to all this stuff. Can't the Lord come right now? Can't he just get us out of here now? You know? But he still has a job for us to do. It's because we know that there's a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells that we're looking forward to, that we cannot wait for that day. What a day that will be when my Jesus I do see. So here's the, here's the thing, folks. We need to have some forward thinking. We need to be living in hope. The hope of our salvation. The hope that Jesus is coming soon. The hope that we are saved. The hope that we will rise like heroes. The hope of the new body the hope of eternal life with him, the hope that he keeps his word because we know he does. We need to have forward thinking. Verse 14. Therefore, beloved, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent 
to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. That's all those epistles, you know. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do the rest of the scriptures. And we are seeing that so much today. We are seeing the scriptures being twisted this way and twisted that way. And Peter calls those people who do these things untaught and unstable. We just finished Sunday school today for the summer. And aren't we glad we have a teacher who doesn't twist? I mean, she could twist and shout when she has to, but she doesn't twist the scripture. Amen. She's looking at me like, don't tell people I twist and shout. <laughs> I'm talking about she is good at teaching. That's what I mean by that. But Paul, Peter says, you therefore, beloved, verse 17, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led us away with the error of the wicked. The Bible says that in the last days, they will be teachers who will try to tickle your ears. You know what, I think if I went to my friend here and tried to tickle his ears, he wouldn't like it. He'd probably start screaming at me, saying, that's really bothering me, that's annoying. That, 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 that hurts me, because he don't like that kind of stuff. But you know what, we should all be like that. We should not want to have our ears tickled. The Bible says also, Paul says that, that even the elect might be fooled. Hmm. If we're not careful. And so Peter warns us here that we should be steadfast and hold on to the Word of God. Now we need to be forward-looking. I like to go back to verse 14 again. Therefore, beloved... Looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace and without spot and blameless. We need to be looking forward, but I'm not, but I'm talking about the now. We need to be forward thinking in the present. Be forward thinking in the present about Jesus coming back, yes, but we also need to be forward thinking right now. Forward-looking to the future. How we can make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of people living in Wapiton and Breckenridge. You know the problem with the church right now is that we're not forward-thinking. All we think about is right now and our own feelings and our own comfort and, 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 and what can we get instead of what I can give. What can I do? 
And to be forward thinking, we are thinking about how we, right now, we can affect our immediate future. How can we reach the people around us? What are their needs? How can we help them? We get so caught up in the present, but hope lives in the possibility of the future. Come on. How, did I, how have I survived 15 years in Wapitan? It's because of the hope of the future, not when what I see. If I did like a lot of people that I know, after we moved in here, got everything painted, everything was looking nice, all the aesthetics was done, I should have gone ahead and called up the overseer and said, okay, promote me. Look what I've done. And in a lot of places, people were saying, hey, he's smart. Look what he did. That was a smart thing to do. But that's not what God called me to do here. Just to move us into a nicer building and then jump ship. I had hope for a future of better days for new life. To see our church affect our community. And what I am excited about, and what Jason is excited about, we finally are in that day when we are going to be allowed to do it. Amen. When I first got here, we were so, our whole vision was a building. Our whole vision was maintenance. Our whole vision was survival. And for some extent, we still have the same thing going on today. But if we're going to get out of some of the cycles that we're stuck in, not being able to pay our bills at times, not making sure our tithe of tithe gets into the state office on time, uh, that one drives me up the wall. Because we haven't learned the lesson that we've, God's been trying to teach us for the last 20 years. I'm going back to Pastor Dan. Yep. We need to be faithful. So we can take care of those things on time. You know what? The gas company likes us paying their, our bill on time. The, the electric company likes it when we get our payment into them on time. The phone company that, runs our, that has all our stuff for wireless, whatever, for the internet, they like us paying our bill on time. And I'll tell you what, we should be caring that we are paying our overseer on time. Because how do you think he gets paid? The same way your pastor gets paid. Out of the tithes. And I'm not coming down on you because it's something we need to learn because we need to start having hope for the future. Hope for brighter days. Hope that we are going to figure it out and reach the lost in Wapiton, in Breckenridge, so that Joshua will have more friends in Sunday school. Yeah. Hello? That's making it real. And we need to get back to our focus on winning the parents so that we can have the kids. 
we win some of these parents, we won't have some of the problems we have with some of the kids. Come on. I didn't know I was going to say all that. It is so quiet today. I'm, I'm hoping that you're not seeing me as the strict dad today. Paul said, now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest is love, faith in the Lord, hope for the future, love for God and others. We get this right, we will see God make a difference in our lives and the life of our community. Now, now, listen. Listen. Sorry for that typo, Corey. Listen. That faith, hope, and love goes right with our vision statement. We pray together, we learn together, and we go together. Well, how does that work, Pastor? We pray together. <laughs> That's where we learn to exercise our faith. How does that work with hope and learning together? Because when we learn, we learn how to have hope. And we use that hope to minister and to grow in Him. And that love, how does that work with go together? Because if we're loving God and loving those around us, we're going to be going and telling them about Jesus. Do you see how that works? And we need to be growing up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent. Ooh, what? What does that say? Be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. That goes back to Sunday school today. That could have been one of the verses that uh, Joanne used for modesty today. And we learned today, modesty is not just the way we dress. It's the way we think, the way we talk, the way we act. My word, I'll pick on Jason again because he's a guy. I don't want to pick on any of the ladies here. <sighs> but Jason could come in here wearing his three-piece suit have the most wonderful tie on, looking, uh, his black tie on, his black three-piece suit, with his white sh crisp shirt on that his wife ironed for him. All dressed up, his shoes polished extra bright, looking like a million dollars. And everybody would say, oh, look at how wonderful Jason looks. But what if he jumped up on the on the altar here and started shaking all over the place. You see, modesty is more than just dressing. That's one thing I wouldn't ever expect Jason to be doing is shaking all over the place. Jumping up and down, that's a different story. But that's just because of the joy of the Lord in him. I think if you started doing that, you're, you're, before I could get there to lay hands on you, your wife would be laying hands on you going, Lord, help him! <laughs> Does he ever act like George Jefferson at home, jumping on the bed? <laughs> no. See, modest even at home. Wonderful man. <laughs> Shh. 
We need to be growing in grace. Verse 18 of, of uh, 2 Peter says this. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and what? Forever. This is why grace isn't cheap, because we're supposed to be growing in it. If grace was cheap, oh my word, what would it do for us? But we are to be growing in it. We are to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you need to join a life group. That's why Sunday school was important for adults. That's why these life groups that we have are important to join. We do it to bring God the glory. Because when we grow in Him, guess what? We're going to bring God the glory. We're going to be reaching out to others. We're going to... You see, our, our, we want to see you mature in Jesus Christ and we're going to teach you the steps to get there. We do so that we can bring others to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, in conclusion, what do we do then when we sin? How do we react? How do we respond? Well, it's simple. We repent. And we're going to go back and start where we leave off where we started on 1 John 1, 9. I, I love it here. It's all here on one page. I love how this one puts it together. My other Bible, is it separates it because I go to a new book. So right here, I got 2 Peter here, and then right here, I got 1 John. So I don't even have to flip the page this time. Real nice. Keeps me on task. By the way, if you're feeling anxiety, repent of it. What do you mean, repent of it, Pastor? Because the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Ooh, you see how the body, how repentance does the body good? We start repenting of some of these things. Maybe if we re repented of some of our attitudes. Oh, my word. Table time would even be better. Come on. Wow. <laughs> Prayer meeting would be better. Maybe if we repented from chasing every rabbit trail that comes along. Look! I saw something over there! Wait a second! There now! Lord, help, help us. We do that so often. We have so much fun, though. Oh, by the way, a little commercial before I read this about repentance. A little commercial about repentance. Make sure you get your Our Family labels in and Campbell's Soup labels into Marion. Ah, cool. Talking about repentance, we're changing the way we're doing things. Somebody repented of doing the labels. That's okay. What? Repented? They didn't have to say sorry. They just had repented. They just turned it over to somebody else. Right. Sometimes, we, you see, repentance can be, we always think it's because we have to be sorry. Sometimes it's just changing the way we do things. Marion knows exactly what she's doing with those labels. And so she's taking them back. So get them in, because we got a lot of labels. She's going to say, oh, these are a lot of labels. And so um, she'll just put Al to work. <laughs> but in conclusion, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess, did you see that right there? If we confess, it's talking to us Christians. <laughs> Right? Is that what it says? If we confess, 
Yeah. Our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. Who's doing the work? Christ is. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What do we have to do? All we have to do is confess. Do you have to come and confess to Jason? No. Do you have to come and confess to me? Nope. Um, if that was the case, we'd be taking all the chairs out of there and we'd be fixing that up as a <laughs> confession place. I'll sit on one side, you sit on the other side, and you come to me and say, I confess to you. No, we confess to Christ. He is our high priest. He is the one, he's the only one who can cleanse us. He's the only one who can change us. It is his job. If all we have to do is confess our sins, he is faithful and just. That means by his justice, he will do it. Because when you confess, he has to do it. Did you see that there? If he's faithful and just, he has to do it by his own rules. Awesome. But you just have to come to him. Oh, Robin loves it when the kids finally come and tell her it was them that did it. <laughs> Robin has the same problem I had when all my kids were at home. But then you find out years later who, fight, who did it, and why did you guys keep covering for her? in trouble if you just had gone ahead and just let her take her own lumps you none of you would have got in trouble right Andrew <sighs> but Andrew and Devin I will not because it's I said her already I won't include which girl in that I was covering for the one it's like why and you know that daughter of mine when I found out that it was her just looked at me and just smiled. Anyway, funny. Robin, it even happens when you're in your 90s. I was up at Judy's mother's house one day, and all her, both brothers and her sister was there. And they started telling stories that her mother never knew the trouble they were getting into. <laughs> And you know what she said? I'm glad I didn't know it then. <laughs> but as a parent, we are so glad when our kids finally come to us and confess. And so is the Lord the same way. And he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. He cleanses us. He washes it like it was never there from all unrighteousness. Wow. Because verse, chapter 2, verse 1 says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You see, it's the reason why he died on the cross for you. So that you can know him and have your sins forgiven. Let us pray. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Lord. I thank you and praise you, Lord Jesus, that forgiveness is still an option. That forgiveness is what we desire. 